Hi everyone, welcome to this lecture as we prepare to celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday at the three o'clock hour, which is um, at three o'clock today. We'll be reciting the chaplet together and Jesus uh, makes a promise to St. Faustina that if a, a person makes the chaplet at least once in their life, they're um, pretty much guaranteed of God's mercy and entrance into, into heaven. So I'm going to um, tell you a little bit more about this, but if you would, wouldn't mind, um, if you could like this, share it on your timeline, do a Facebook watch party, um, whatever, to get more and more people to hear this message of divine mercy. Because what Jesus asked is that we could get this message out to the entire world. So if you saw this lecture yesterday, I'm going to give the same lecture today and prepare people for this um, Divine Mercy Chaplet that we're going to pray at 3 o'clock today. While I'm doing that, I'm going to share it on a couple Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Um, so uh, if you would like to join, uh, there's one group called Friends of Father Michael Dank, and that's just people that know me and like me, and whenever I want to share people, share something with, it's them. Of course, if you could like our, our Holy Family webpage, so if you go to Facebook and click Holy Family Stow and like our webpage, you'll be notified about any time that we go live. You may have noticed at Mass that we have a, a beautiful um, uh, recording and sound. We just get really good sound and audio. Thank you, Carl, for all your help with that. And um, um, so I'm going to scroll down, and all you do is click the little share button there. Click share. And then you can pick whatever group that you want to share it to, and it'll go to it'll go to that group. So right now, I'm just going to take a moment and share that to our, our different Facebook groups here. One of them that I like to share to, uh, obviously, is our parish website, um, and then I also like to share it to a couple groups that I've created called Friends of Father Michael and the Prodigal Father. So we'll take a moment just to share before we begin with the prayer. So right now I'm sharing it to our Holy Family page, Holy Family Parish in Stowe. And then I'm going to share it to Friends of Father Michael Dank. Because the cool thing is if you, if you join a group you'll be notified when something happens. A lot of time, if you're, if you're just friends with me, um, uh, I have 5,000 Facebook friends, so you're not going to get notified anytime that I do anything. But you will if you, if you join one of the groups. So again, I'm just sharing that on the groups right now. And if you, could, if you wouldn't mind sharing it on any groups that you're a part of, or if you could just share it on your timeline, that's going to help more people come to know about the message of divine mercy. If you're afraid to share it, just click the like button or the, or the heart button or any of that. And... Um, that will help us out as well, too. All right, so let's see. Is anybody on the Holy Family Facebook page? Could you see if I shared it to that group? All right. Okay, I'm going to do one last share, and then we're ready to go. All right, share two. All right, we should be good to go. Hi, Emmy. So um, I love the opportunity to talk about divine mercy, uh, most of all because Jesus said to St. Faustina that the priests are supposed to speak of his mercy. 
I just spent the last two and a half hours uh, hearing confessions there. We decided to do confessions today from noon to 3 p.m. So it was wonderful just to celebrate the sacrament of confession and to um, especially people that have been away from their faith for a long time that uh, really got to experience the mercy of God. So Jesus says to St. Faustina, and she's, she is, she, her, her name, her nickname is, is the Apostle of Mercy. So St. Faustina is the Apostle of Mercy. Wouldn't it be cool to have like a nickname like that after you die? Uh, and we'll find out that she's still continuing to live and intercede for us. But Jesus says to her, Run through the world and tell them of my infinite mercy. If sinners recite this chaplet, only once they will be saved. So that's a pretty amazing promise. If sinners recite this chaplet only once, they will be saved. So that means if you recite it and you're a sinner and you, and you recite this chaplet only once in your life, you will be saved. But imagine all the people in your family right now, your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your children. Maybe there's, there's people away from the faith. If you could share this with them right now and they can recite the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Jesus gives us this promise that if they recite it only once, they will be saved. So share the message. Go out to the whole world. Um, literally, you can do this in the whole world right now through social media. Share it on your timeline. Um, share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. Whatever you can to help people know about this wonderful opportunity that we have at 3 p.m. today to, to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet together. So she says, Tell my priests that hardened sinners will crumble beneath their words when they speak of my mercy. And I love that because I just trust. I trust that I trust in Jesus and I trust that what he said to Divine to St. Faustina that even the most hardened sinner will crumble beneath the words that I speak as a priest. It says nothing about me, but it says everything about the eternal priesthood of Jesus Christ. That Christ can speak through my words, through my mouth, through my face, through my heart, and, and help even the person that is so stuck in their sin crumble before him. And, and that's really in a good way because if you look at if you look at something that has become so hard and people that have become so hard usually there's a lot of anger there's a lot of resentment there's a lot of fear there's a lot of shame all of that just hardens a person up and Jesus is saying right now that that person will crumble before when whenever a priest speaks about the mercy of God so again if you could share this with the people that you love especially people that may be away from the faith or people that may have a hardened heart, during this hour, as we prepare for divine mercy, their hearts can crumble and they'll become the people that God has always wanted them to be. And it'll be done in such a way, God is so gentle. He's so gentle when he crumbles a heart that it's done in such a way that is so gentle and so beautiful that that person will come out with new life and they're going to be thanking you forever for sharing this message with them. So, he promises her, I will give them wonderful powers and we will touch the hearts to which they speak. So he's going to give me, because I'm a priest, wonderful powers to touch all of your hearts during this time together. So I, I, I have great trust in that and great faith in that. Again, not because of me, but because of my priesthood, because of who I am in my ordination. In her conversations with the merciful God, she talks about the merciful God in a despairing soul. So I want you to think about, well, maybe you are. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you're a despairing soul. But if you're not, people in your life that might be despairing right now. 
So Jesus says this to the despairing soul. O soul, steeped in darkness, do not despair. All is not yet lost. Come, confide in your God who is love and mercy. But the soul, deaf even to this appeal, wraps itself in darkness. Jesus calls out again, My child, listen to your merciful Father. I love this because um, it's kind of like a really sad movie or a horrible movie where it ends tragically and bad and there's no redemption. But you hear Jesus say, Oh, my soul, steeped in darkness and despair, all is not lost. It's not all lost. And so maybe your life, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe you've been caught in sin and um, addiction and you've lost your job and you've lost your family and you've lost the people closest to you. Maybe you've lost your children. You've lost, you've lost it all. You've lost everything. And he says, do not despair. All is not yet lost. And I love that after he says that, he says the soul wraps himself in darkness. So the soul hears it a little bit and then says, no, wraps itself in darkness. And Jesus calls out again, my child, listen to the voice of your merciful father. I want to talk throughout this about that phrase, merciful father. When, when we had the year for mercy back in 2000. Um, uh, maybe 15, about five years ago. That was the theme, Merciful Father. And I love it. We all know how much I love the image of the prodigal father, the image of God the Father's love, um, that he's so prodigal in his love that he wants to just give his love. He wants to give his mercy. Um, he wants to give us more than we ever could imagine or experience him giving to us. The whole idea is Jesus came to show us who God really is. That God is not um, this judge that's waiting for us to do something wrong. And I think there's a whole generation of, we'll call them the World War II generation, which is, that's what they've learned or come to know of God, that he's just this God that is a wrathful God that's waiting to come down on his children. And Jesus says, no, my child, listen to the voice Listen to the voice of your merciful Father. In discernment of spirits, there's three voices that operate on us. The voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of ourself. The voice of God is always the voice of love. Always the voice that increases our faith, our hope, and our love. Now, if we're off course, sometimes we're going to hear a voice that is not loving, a voice that kind of is jarring, a voice that kind of is disturbing. And God will do anything that he can to get to you because he loves you. And so if he needs to use those measures until we've converted, until we've kind of been turned to him, we don't experience that love and that mercy. He is love and mercy, but we experience it in a different way because we're turned away from him. So Jesus continues on with Faustina and he says, My daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. So inconceivable means we can't even conceive of the idea of his mercy. 
and tell the whole world about it. You know, it's interesting because when Faustina received these messages, she was in a convent and she wanted to tell the world and, and she was unable to go out and proclaim it. And even, even after she died and her diaries were compiled, they began to, to be distributed and there was, there was uh, censures on them. They weren't allowed to go out. And it took, it took like time after time and trial after trial for them to get out. And now the diary's out, the messages is out. But the funny thing is, a lot of people still don't know about it. A lot of priests still don't know about it. And so we have to continue to take this message out. So she says, my daughter, or Jesus says, my daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the feast of mercy be a refuge and a shelter for all souls. So that means that this feast of divine mercy is a refuge and a shelter for all souls. You know, and if you think about um, right now, we're taking refuge um, where we have the stay-at-home orders. Well, the divine mercy is a, is kind of a come-home moment for all souls, especially um, a refuge, a safe place. You know, we're, we're looking for ways to be safe right now. And this feast day is a refuge. It, it's, it's, it's a refuge and a safe place where souls can go to be with our Lord and to be safe. So on that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. So that's, divine, that's today. The very depths of his mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. The soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. On that day, all the divine floodgates through which the graces flow are opened. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins be scarlet. My mercy is great that no mind, be it of man or angel, will be able to fathom it throughout all eternity. We're never going to be able to wrap our minds around how merciful our Father is, and Jesus is. Everything that exists comes forth from the very depths of my tender mercy. Every soul in its relation to me will contemplate my love and mercy throughout, throughout all eternity. So we're going to just be contemplating his love and his mercy throughout all of eternity. My love and my mercy. The Feast of Mercy emerged from the very depths of my tenderness. So where does this mercy come from, this feast day? It comes from the tenderness of our God. Think of Jesus when he said, when he was teaching the disciples how to pray, and he said, call God Abba, Father, Daddy. God is the tender Daddy that we're all looking for and searching for. And he says that it is my desire that it be solemnly celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter. Mankind will not have peace until it turns toward the fount of mercy. So Divine Mercy Sunday is the first Sunday after Easter, which is today, the first Sunday after Easter. There's a, a neat story about this in her diary. Because when Jesus revealed this to her and said that I want this to be celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter, he told her to go and tell the bishop this, that he wants this feast of Divine Mercy. So she goes and she tells her bishop this. And by the way, her bishop was not really um, happy about these messages and revelations. Bishops rarely are for some reason. But um, she goes to the bishop and, and tells him this message. And she says, Jesus told me that the first Sunday after Easter is supposed to be Divine Mercy Sunday. 
And the bishop says, well, it already is. We already have it. You know, he's, he's saying, like, we already got this Sunday. And so she goes back to Jesus and she says, the bishop told me that um, we already have Divine Mercy Sunday. And Jesus looked at St. Faustina and she said, well, who knows about it? Who knows about Divine Mercy Sunday? And so she goes back and relays the message to the bishop. We didn't have Divine Mercy Sunday actually declared to be Divine Mercy Sunday, I think, until, um, until the year that the Holy Father, Pope, I think it was Pope Francis, declared Divine Mercy Sunday, unless it was John Paul. Any, any of you know uh, when we celebrated the first Divine Mercy Sunday? It was in the last probably five, ten years that it became actually Divine Mercy Sunday. So all these years later, we're finally getting it, this message of Jesus. And he says, mankind will not have peace until it turns to the fount of my mercy. So he's saying, we're not going to, going to experience peace. We're not going to experience peace politically in our country. We're not going to experience peace in our world. We're not going to experience peace in our, our families. We're not going to experience peace in our hearts until we really celebrate this Divine Mercy Sunday and the reality of his mercy. Jesus reveals that it pains God so much that we don't trust him and experience him as merciful. It causes him so much pain that we don't experience God as merciful, that we don't experience God and trust. So it pains Jesus. Like the whole reason he came into the world was to show us that we got this loving father. We got this Abba. We got this daddy. God is merciful. And I think sometimes we say, I, I think, you know, so there's, there's two types of people. The older generation that says, I just, I wasn't brought up that way. For me, God is, is the judge. He's condemning, you know, he's making sure you do everything right. And if he's not, he's going to punish you. And, and that's the image they have. And then we have this other image, I think, nowadays that is, oh, I know God's loving. I, I know he's love. God is love. Do you really know it? Like, have you experienced his love for you? Or do you just know it by knowledge? Oh, I know that God is love. Because until we've experienced God as loving and merciful, we have a distorted image of who God is. And if we have a distorted image of who God is, that's going to, wow, is that going to distort what we know of love and how we love those who are before us? So this divine mercy is, is really calling us to experience and encounter God the Father as tender, as gentle, as loving, as Abba, Daddy, who delights in you. He's wild about you. You can do no wrong in his eyes. We have to really come to know God the Father in this way. So why am I speaking about mercy so much? Well, for one, we're, I'm supposed to, so as a priest, I'm called to spread this message of divine mercy. But I've also, in my life, experienced his mercy. And I've been privileged to sit in, in what's called the front row seat of the theater of God's grace. I sit in the front row seat of the theater of God's grace, and I see God being merciful to his people, most especially through confession. I get to experience God being merciful through me, through this Father, to his people. And I get to see what that does to the people before me. It's absolutely amazing. 
I've loved going to confession. I've loved going since the time I was a child. You know, those are, I think my happiest days as a child would be going to confession and then riding my bike back home after confession and feeling the weight of the world lifted off me. I, I loved going, as I went into the seminary and had a huge conversion and confessed all the sins that I'd ever done in my, you know, grade school, college, high school years. Um, I love going to confession now. I, I love the opportunity when I get to go to my confessor and just lay it all out there and be totally honest. And I experience from him unconditional love and mercy. And I hope that I do that as a priest for people. And I hope that you've had that experience in confession, that you've experienced this tenderness of God the Father through his priests. If you haven't, I would just encourage you to try again and maybe, maybe try with a different priest or just know that sometimes priests have bad days. We're human. But give God another chance. There's two tips that I always like to say about confession. Um, first of all, don't be afraid to confess. And, and I would encourage you to confess the deepest, darkest, most shameful thing that you can think about. That sin that you're so afraid to bring to God or so afraid that anybody would find out about or so embarrassed or so ashamed by whatever that sin is deep, deep down to bring it to confession and you'll feel his freedom and experience. And the second thing is there's no unforgivable sin. There is no sin that will not be forgiven. He's so merciful. So no matter what you have done or what you have failed to do, Whatever that is in your life, it can and will be forgiven in the sacrament of confession. So I want you to hear that again. Whatever the deepest, darkest sin is that you have in your life, bring it to the light, confess it, you'll be freed from it. And secondly, there's no unforgivable sin. So there is nothing that you have ever done or could do that cannot be forgiven in the sacrament of confession. And that's amazing. I think sometimes we or the devil gets to us and makes us think that there's some sin that's so bad, we better never speak about it. We better never bring it up. And that's him keeping you um, trapped. Because if you bring it up in the light, it loses all of its hold, stronghold over you, all of the darkness. Um, and just like that, that, that hope and that joy and all of, all of the life, the light in your eyes will come back. And there's no unforgivable sin. So don't ever think there's, there's anything that you could do that, that can't or will not be forgiven in confession. On April 11, 2015, so this is that feast year that we had uh, of Divine Mercy. But this was actually that Divine Mercy Sunday. The Holy Father stood before the holy doors of St. Peter's Basilica and announced this historic event, an extraordinary jubilee year of mercy. Jesus Christ is the face of the Father's mercy. Okay, so it was Pope Francis says in the opening of his papal bull, Misericordiae Voltus, the face of mercy. In this light, merciful like the Father is the motto he chose for the Jubilee year. And it comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 36. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Who's your Father? God. God's your father. And God is merciful and he is tender and he loves you. 
So this extraordinary year of mercy would kind of highlight Pope Francis's message, really, and that is of mercy. That's what he's, from the very beginning and throughout his whole pontificate, it's always been uh, a message of mercy. St. John Paul II wrote in one of his books that the limit imposed upon evil of which man is both perpetrator and victim is ultimately divine mercy. I'll say that again. The limit imposed upon evil. So God, God, for some reason, permits and allows evil in our world. But he says the limit, there's a, there's a limit to it. And the limit that is opposed upon it, of which man is both perpetrator, so sometimes we cause it, and victim, sometimes it happens to us, is ultimately divine mercy. So divine mercy is what stops the evil. And Pope Francis explains, here then is the reason for the Jubilee, because this is the time for mercy. It's the favorable time to heal wounds, a time not to be weary of meeting all those who are waiting to see and touch with their hands the signs of the closeness of God, a time to offer everyone the way of forgiveness and reconciliation. Over and over again, we hear in the diary that the Father is merciful. And if you ever doubt God the Father's mercy, if you ever doubt that he could forgive your sins, or even the reality of you being a sinner, or if there's a sin that you can't let go of, read the diary. Read her diary straight through. And you'll, you'll see, and it's thick, right? You'll see over and over and over again his mercy. Trust in his mercy. God's mercy is greater than your sin. Jesus, I trust in you. Now, it's funny because for me, as a seminarian, I, I didn't know about divine mercy. Maybe I did for my mother. I probably did. But when I went into the seminary, I was given my first copy of St. Faustina's diary. Now, St. Faustina's diary is thick. It's, it's pretty big. Um, and in the seminary, you have a lot of reading. So I didn't often, I, I just put the book on my shelf because I was kind of reading other stuff and this looked really big and I didn't, you know, when am I going to tackle this? And over the years, I would, people would just keep handing me diaries. So before you knew it, I had like four or five or six diaries of hers stacked up in my shelf at the seminary. Now you think it would have been like, uh, listen, Michael, I, I want you to read this, you know, but I just, I didn't listen. I, I stacked the diary up and I never read it. Well, it wasn't until this Jubilee year of mercy in 2015, I'd been a priest already for four years, um, that I finally read the diary. And when I read her diary... It just so blew me away and instilled in me the reality of God the Father's love. And so God the Father had been revealing it to me through the image of the prodigal father over these years of God the Father's love for both of his children. But this divine mercy message really helped me to, to rest concretely in that reality that that's who God is. He is merciful Father. And, and that title and image of God is, is, is one that we can hold on to above all the other attributes that God has. Merciful Father is, is, is the attribute that he's revealing and wants us to know through the, the revelations that he gave through, to, through St. Faustina. So he said to St. Faustina, 
Today, he told her, I am sending you with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not want to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. So do you hear that? I want to read that again. He's telling St. Faustina, I do not desire to punish. Okay, so can you get, if you have the image of God the Father being a punishing God, can you let that go? Can you trust that Jesus is revealing something different to us? And though we have all these stories in the Old Testament and all these, you know, these, these are all ways I think that we experience God in different, in different levels, in, in different times and what we need to in our own life. But right now, he wants you to experience him as merciful. So he does not desire to punish aching mankind. He knows that mankind is aching. So he knows the pain of his children. So I don't desire to punish mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. So I want you just for a moment to think about that image. He wants, instead of punishing you, to heal you. And he wants to press you to his, his heart. And so I just want you to do that for a moment. Picture Jesus or picture God the Father seeing your sin that you're caught up in. He knows it. And he doesn't want to come down heavy-handed on you. He doesn't want to punish you. He just wants to take you to himself and hold you close to his heart. Isn't that beautiful? Can you really believe that, that that's how God wants to be with you? I just want you to rest for a moment in that. So he says that um, you are to be my secretary of my mercy. I have chosen you for that office, and this is in the next life, in this and the next life. So he's made St. Faustina the secretary of, of this office of divine mercy in this life and in the next life. He's revealing to her and to us that we have this saint that is going to continue to, to, to reveal this message of mercy to us. That this reality that we believe in our Catholic faith, that life after death is changed, not ended. So we continue to have relationships with those that have gone before us in eternal life. And St. Faustina, she's a saint, um, is able to do that. She's able to relate to you and to, to bring this message of mercy to you and will continue to do it. So don't be surprised if you end up with a diary on your, on your doorstep. So finally, for me, I read this diary over and over and over again, and I just loved it. So he says, To make known to souls the great mercy that I have for them and to exhort them to trust in the bottomless depths of my mercy. So to exhort is a strong teaching. So she wants, he wants her to, to proclaim the strong teaching that we are to trust in the bottomless depths of his mercy. We're to trust. There's, his mercy is so deep. It's deeper than any sin that we have. And we're to trust in that. And so I, I just invite you and I ask you, do you trust in the depths of his mercy? 
Now he says that no soul will be justified until he turns with confidence to my mercy. So there's no other way to get to heaven except through his mercy. And that is why the first Sunday after Easter is to be the Feast of Divine Mercy and that the, that day the priests are to tell everyone about my great and unfathomable mercy. So I'm telling you now, his great and unfathomable mercy. Whew, I got that done. I did what I'm supposed to do as a priest. Really, and I, I love being able to do that, but it's my obligation, all of our priests' obligation, to tell about his great and unfathomable mercy. So God the Father is so merciful his mercy will go beyond anything you could have ever done and you can trust him and not only can you trust him you need to trust him you need to trust in his mercy that's the only way out of sin so maybe you thought you were going to get yourself out of your sin maybe you thought you were going to be the one to repair your broken relationship it's only through his mercy through his love that that's going to come about then Jesus says to her, my daughter, do you think that we have written enough about mercy? Now remember, I told you her diary is this big. He's, I love Jesus because he, he's so darn funny. Like Jesus, whenever you pray to him or talk to him, he's human and he's, he's got a great sense of humor. So he says to Faustina, do you think that you have written enough about my mercy? And Faustina now has written, you know, well, the diary probably was much more and written over and over again and compiled until it's finally, you know, in its final form. And then he says to her, what you've written about my mercy is but a drop in the ocean. <laughs> so imagine dedicating your whole life to the divine mercy message, writing this amazing diary that's, that's this big. And then he says, that's just a drop of my mercy. I am love and mercy itself. So he's not only the qualities of love and mercy, that's his identity. I am love and mercy. When Jesus says, I am, he's revealing, he's revealing who, who he truly is. You know that the I am is the ultimate God the Father, but he's saying, I am love and mercy. God the Father, I am love and mercy. That's who God is. So if you think of God as anything other than love and mercy, you got the wrong God or you got the wrong image of God. That's, I mean, isn't this great, this, this message? What you have written about me is but a drop in the ocean. I am love and mercy. There is no misery that could be a match for my mercy. Neither will misery exhaust it because it is being granted. It increases. The soul that trusts in my mercy is most fortunate because I myself will take care of it. That is so beautiful. There is no misery that could be a match for my mercy. There is no shameful, despicable, horrible, awful thing that you have ever done that could be a match for his mercy. That's the reality. Neither will, my, will misery exhaust it. So even if you keep doing it, even if you keep living in this misery of sin, it's not going to exhaust his mercy. Because it is being granted, it increases. So his mercy increases. It, he continues to be more and more and more and more and more and more merciful to us. So maybe you've had some experience of conversion. Maybe you've experienced his mercy so far in this life. Well, there's only going to be more. 
And there's only going to be more in this life, but not only this life, in eternal life, we're going to continue to experience more and more and more of his love and mercy. I mean, that's heaven, right? If you've experienced even a little bit of it on earth, imagine just how much we're going to experience in heaven. And he says, finally, the soul that trusts in my mercy is most fortunate because I myself will take care of it. If you trust in his mercy, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of the situation. Actually, that's all he's asking you to do. He's your dad. Let him take care of you. Let him take care of the situation you've gotten yourself into. You know, I think as a parent, one of the most painful things as a parent has to be watching their children get into a bad situation but refusing to come to them for help. The parent wants nothing more than to help the child. Well, God the Father wants nothing more than to take care of you. And he says, the soul that trusts in my mercy is most fortunate because I myself will take care of it. He's not even going to send an angel Uh, not even other people, God himself is going to take care of that misery. So he's giving Faustina this retreat, and he says, in this retreat that I'm giving you, not only peace, but also such a disposition of soul that even if you wanted to experience uneasiness, you could not do so. My love has taken possession of your soul, and I want you to be confirmed in it. Bring your ear close to my heart. Forget everything else. Meditate upon the wonders of my mercy. My love will give you the strength and the courage you need in these matters. I hope that this last time that we've shared together has been a little retreat for you. A time for you to grow in the understanding of the mercy of God. And I want to use that phrase again, bring your ear close to my heart. So I want you to put your ear close to the Father's heart, close to Jesus' heart, and forget about everything else right now. And just meditate on my wondrous mercy. Is there anything during this talk so far that is stirred up just a good image of mercy for you. Just meditate on that. My love will give you strength and courage that you need in these matters. I want you to spend just a moment, I'm going to give you a moment of silence, just to put your ear close to the Father's heart who is merciful and loving. And I want you to meditate on what you've heard of this mercy. Is there anything new that you've come to know and experience of God? Is there anything about it that's brought you peace and joy? I just want you to hold on to that for a moment.
we've got just a couple minutes here as we prepare to, to celebrate and to pray together the, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. But I want you to be at a place of great peace and trust. And just try to rest there. Now let me know in the comments section, is there any, any part of this that's been good for you? Is there any part of it that's helped you come to know and to trust in the mercy of God the Father? And in just a moment, we're going to pray the chaplet together. And then after we pray the chaplet, I'm going to read to you um, a little bit more about some of the things to observe on this Divine Mercy Sunday and how you can observe them during this time. I got to grab my rosary real quick. And again, this is the last chance you have. Share it on your timeline because if a person prays this Divine Mercy Novena at least once in their life, um, Jesus is promising for their salvation. So this is a wonderful opportunity that we have right now on Divine Mercy Sunday at the 3 o'clock hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls. And the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy, I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, an atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I just want to read um, the the essentials, the things that you observe on Divine Mercy Sunday. So these are, are kind of the seven observations. And certainly this might be a time that's difficult for you to do these, but we're, we're going to do them as best that we can. So divine mercy, mercy typically involves large numbers of people gathering to celebrate holy masses with God's mercy and proclaimed to by, by, by the priests. Obviously, we can't get together in large gatherings. And so to fittingly observe the Feast of Mercy itself, we should. Here are the seven things. One, celebrate the feast on Sunday, on the first Sunday after Easter or its vigil. So... You're celebrating the feast right now, and I would just encourage you to celebrate, make this whole day a celebration, a feast. Like, we got this God that's merciful. Nothing you can do is going to stop his mercy. No wrong that you've done can destroy that. Nothing that's happening to us, um, nothing that we do to other people can stop his mercy. So, like, just enjoy and celebrate this wonderful freedom that God is a God of mercy. Secondly, is to sincerely repent for your sins. So take some time today, if you haven't been to confession, to sincerely repent for your sins. And repent means to turn away. And, and this is a good thing, you know. So it's not just uh, it's not just um, a harsh reality, but repent means a turning towards God. So can you do that today? 
sincerely repent for your sins and turn towards God, the merciful Father. Third is place your trust, place your complete trust in Jesus. So Jesus, I trust in you. Place your complete trust in him with everything. And as you look at this image, uh, Jesus asked Sister Faustina, to, when it was painted, to have it in the bottom there say, Jesus, I trust in you. So on every divine mercy image at the bottom of it or below it, you'll see that phrase, Jesus, I trust in you. Fourth is to go to confession, preferably before the feast. So hopefully you've gone to confession already in the last couple weeks. Um, that would count if you did that. If you haven't been able to do that, go to confession as, as soon as you can. Um, if you're unable to make it to confession, maybe your diocese or um, maybe you're not able to get out of the house or you don't feel safe leaving the house, make a good act of contrition. Call to mind your sins, make a good act of contrition. Now the next time you can go to confession, do that. The fifth, receive Holy Communion on the day of the feast or its vigil. So you're not able to receive communion, at least here in the parish or diocese of Cleveland, but maybe you are somewhere else in the world. But we can also receive by a spiritual communion. Um, so if you ever, by the way, go to Mass and you're not able to receive communion, maybe because it's your state of life or a sin that you're in or a mortal sin or divorce, or you can always receive a spiritual communion. And you can do that now. So if you've, if you've done that at Mass, if your priest led you through a spiritual communion, that's good. If, you, if you're not able to do it or missed that opportunity during Mass, you can make a spiritual communion on your own. Just ask Jesus to be united to you. And that's a spiritual communion. The sixth is to venerate the image of divine mercy. So that's why I have the image shown here. To venerate um, means to look upon, to gaze upon. So just to spend some time looking at it, gazing upon it. You could also kiss it or reverence it. Um, spend some time venerating the image. Put it in a place of prominence today um, so that your whole family can venerate it. A lot of people are putting the Divine Mercy image on their front door, in the glass of their front door, so that everybody that sees their house will see um, the mercy of God. It's kind of like the blood of the, of the lamb being put on the, the door to, gu to guard them from the angel. This could be what you do. You could put Jesus, who is the Lamb, um, whose only way out of evil is divine mercy. He said, he said that in the, in the diary, that that's, that's kind of like the stopgap. It ends with his divine mercy. And then seventh, the final one, is be merciful to others through your actions, words, or prayers on their behalf. So if you can't see somebody, first of all, if you can, do something in person, do that, some kind of action of mercy, Maybe it's uh, reconciling with somebody. Maybe it's doing something kind, even though you just want to wring their neck. Or it's words. Say kind words. Give them affirmation. And finally, prayers. To pray on their behalf. So, this is all, um, this has been a wonderful day of God's mercy, and may it continue to be mercy. My hope is that you will continue to dwell in his mercy and love. There is also more that you can find out if you go to the divinemercy.org. Um, you, you can find out more too. But th there's the ability to receive um, uh, a special indulgence today as well. And with an indulgence, there's a few conditions that apply. And you can do these um, somewhat easily. Some are very hard. The first condition is, is to repent and to turn away from any sin, even ve venial sin in your life. Uh, 
celebrating what you just celebrated with me by praying the chaplet um, is also a fulfillment of the condition. Another is um, confession. So if you've gone to confession in the past or can go anytime in the near future. And then finally, to offer prayers for our Holy Father, to pray for our Father, Holy Father, Pope Francis. So that's what I want to end with, is to pray for our Holy Father. And we'll do that by a simple Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. And then you've met all the requirements for a plenary indulgence. So we pray now for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. We pray that he may continue to be a merciful sign of God the Father's love. We pray for his wisdom. We pray for your guidance. We pray that you give him all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that he can truly be a holy father for us. We pray for him and his intentions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. You get another blessing. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Go in peace and continue to spread this wonderful message that we have of divine mercy. Please feel free to like this video, share this video on your timeline, because I just would love for more people to know about our merciful Father.